0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Desolation Sounds Pro Podcast. I've only been doing this for a year and a half. Welcome to the Desolation Sounds Podcast. My name is still Stephen Hook, and this is a podcast celebrating everything to do within the world of alternative music, be that rock, punk, metal, or extreme metal. How are y'all doing? Sorry again. I keep. I feel like I do this every time I do record a new one, but so it's for the the, the gap. Uh, I want to take a week off after doing all the end of year, end of decade bollocks anyways because god damn that was a lot of work around Christmas time whilst everyone else got time off for Christmas. your boy didn't. Um, so yeah, planned to take a week off and then that turned into two weeks because I accidentally made myself work eight days in a row which, don't do that. It's a really fucking dumb thing to do. But nevertheless, here we are. Hopefully it's going to be a jolly good time, full of good things, and st- It is going to be full of good things. There's a lot of good music this week. Of which we'll be looking at uh, the debut album from Dragged Under, the new EP from The Hell, third album from Gargantua, and then the third album as well from Poppy. But we are going to start with Pressure Cracks. Uh, this is their second EP. It's called This Is Survival. No, this is called Survival. Fucking hell. Um... They are a SoCal, let try it again, they are a Southern California hardcore band, featuring members of, or ex-members of Scars of Tomorrow, and of course, your boy, Jason Allen Butler, he of, formerly of Let Live, and now Fever 333. They are, so pressure cracks are a very fast, very intense, abusive, hardcore act, Um, and of course, there's a lot of promise brought about them when it was that when it was like announced that Jason would be singing on them and, or singing with them, excuse me. When the announcements came through and, you know, like the first song and all the social media about it for the debut EP, um, myself and many other music fans, especially fans of Jason, got very, very excited because it's, this was... Another project post Let Live that Jace was on, and FIFA three 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 felt like it was missing something that Edge that uh, Let Live did so well in combining a very aggressive post article with very pop sensibilities. Whereas FIFA three 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 seemed to go very much towards the pop side of things. Um, the debut single for Pressure Crack seemed to go a bit more the like the hardcore, very very intense route. When the EP actually came out and we got to listen to it full, I'm glad I wasn't only one felt this. I've seen a few other people who might have felt this, but it just felt very bland. Which is a horrible thing to say about any, um, any band, any project, any release. But when you've got the Jason Allen Butler in it, it was a bit of a shock because it was just four songs of very very mute, very by the numbers hardcore and yeah it was just I, ke- I keep trying to go think back to um, the lead single from that debut EP which was something about a wolf and the fact that I can't even remember what's called let alone how it goes every time I try to think of the song I keep thinking of ready to go from uh, this EP. I feel like that screams more about, but it screams a lot about both EPs. The fact I can remember one infinitely more than the other. Um, so yeah, listening to that, it was all a bit, a bit drab, a bit, a bit scary actually. Because you know, I don't want to shit on a Jason Allen Butler project because he's pretty good and stuff. Um, I'm, actually, you know, it, it's, I'm falling into my own trap here. This isn't a Jason Allen Butler project this is i can't remember his name i did not write it down i'm so sorry um this is a project of the guitarist formerly al Skars of tomorrow he brought a few guys from that band and i think another mate of theirs and then they made the music and said jason do you want to sing on this he said yeah sure and then it turned into a more permanent deal i think it was only meant to be like a one-off deal And then he just enjoyed it, it was cathartic, or whatever it was, but... uh, Not to say Jason wasn't afterthought, he was not a core member of the band to begin with. So I'll I'll probably keep saying it a lot, but although Jason's part of this, this isn't a his-run project, this is more of a group thing, it's more from the guitarist as far as I'm aware, so... Just that that little tidbit in the shows I do sometimes do my research. Um. So with This Is Called Survival then, it was a case of, after that self titled a bit, bit unsure about what's gonna happen. The first song that came out, Ready For You, was immediately a much bigger improvement. And then eventually the rest of the EP came out and the songwriting on This Is Called Survival is infinitely better. It is so much more improved and just like more, more cohesive as a band. Everything frames Jason's vocals so well, um, to give it a bit more gravitas, a bit more energy. And it feels like songs have more time to develop and it has more time for ideas to grow on the, um, lead single, ready to go. And you've got the lyric: "You must forgive him for he does not know that his actions are calls and reactions." Whoa, well. fucking great line to start with. But also, it has time to like it, ha- it has that time to build, and it has that time. It's performing with Jason as opposed to Jason singing on top because it is. Um, you must forgive him for he does not know that his action. It's a beat every on pretty much every syllable that gives. Every word that Jason says everything before that was, like, your very cathartic, brash, hardcore. Comes in this bit, and it's, like, beating with Jason as he sings along to give every word the extra punch and extra edge to what he says. And similar thing in Big T Youth. You've got the line, heaven might be shootable, but hell on earth is beautiful. Another great line. Um, but the... Every time it's there, because it eventually acts as the outro to the song. But the way Jason builds on it and how the band builds on it. So it starts off in almost spoken word, quite isolated because the music's like petered off. And then it becomes more of a yelp. And then the music comes in and then it becomes a scream and it becomes a gang vocal. And it becomes like everyone at the same time. And then it just like crescendos off into like... Um, the actual outro. It is more, there is just more to it. It is more creative. It definitely feels like they've written this more as a collective. This isn't like a bunch of guys and then one guy came in as sort of like a studio musician. This is now Jason Allen Butler is putting his creative input, his almost legendary creative input at this stage, into a very abrasive, hardcore group. And it almost I almost forgot, because of like Fever 33, it has been a while since we had a Let Live album, Um, the fucking range Jason has for his harsh vocals. Obviously, he's always been a thing where he can do like really soulful, very emotional um, cleans and then go into the screens. But the fucking range he has on his harsh vocals, going from like, a very like intense growl to like an ear piercing screech. It's, f- I completely forgot. And then hearing some of the notes he can hit on this is called survival. I'm just sort of like fucking goddamn. He just is. <sighs> he might genuinely be the best vocalist in the world right now. And I... F- oh, he, he he's just a good boy. He's just a really fucking good boy. Um, yeah, I am. Much more excited and intrigued for a Pressure Cracks album. On the back of the self Tide, it was I like I said before, I was quite nervous about what was gonna come next because they were missing something. Um and it just it did seem a bit flat and it did seem a bit dull with this. Is called Survival, you've got the band working together more, they frame each other a lot better, you've got the creativity from Jason, he can have this as a, like an outlet, whereas FIFA 333, 3, although he is getting a lot of like his political ideas and what he's always wanting to get off his chest in a very commercial sort of sense, this is just all the stuff he can't sing about just blurted out as like an outlet, I guess. So much more intrigued by a album from Pr- Pressure Cracks now, DP was a lot of fun, um, if you just like... But I think SoCal Hardcore has its own very specific take on Hardcore. It's not one that I'm really familiar with, but Big Angry Hardcore, this is for you. It's so much more improved than the Self-Titled album, Self-Titled EP, sorry. It's called, this is called Survival, and it's by that there Pressure cracks. And I don't know why I did that voice, but here we are. I also have a runny nose. My apartment is always very cold, and I have a runny nose. I also forgot to breathe through most of that, so I'm already out of breath. <sighs> cool. We'll move on then. Well, I'm not going... Actually, I don't know much about US States. We're staying in America, we're going to Washington and Seattle, to be as precise. I don't know why I'm doing this. Dragged Under. It is the... Well, they're going for their debut album, which is called The World Is In Your Way and they're kind of like made up of the ashes it's hard to tell whether it's just a rename or they've like stopped one start another i think it is the latter um but yeah for, formed out of the ashes of a band called rest repose they were a band that i was absolutely not familiar with and then doing a little digging it ended up being the former band of jared dines who does the youtubes that's exciting it's very modern um, one thing I kind of picked up on, which I don't think... I can't really see anyone else picking up on it. I felt it was like a very post-hardcore kind of album. A lot of people are just branding it like alt-rock or punk or that sort of thing. To me, it reminded me a lot of the early 2010s post-hardcore, but good. You know, there is a lot of... Um, there is a lot of punk in there. There's also a lot of pop in there to how and the vocalist use uses vocals and the songs are very like catchy and like are hugely infectious which i'll get into um but yeah i feel like post hardcore is a bit of a cheap word anyways because it is such an expansive word to use nowadays um, when describing music but the way it blended big choruses and like varying levels of degree varying levels of um vocal delivery excuse me um and yeah, like its you'll have times where it's like big, heavy riff work, and then it's times where it's like quite, not generic, but like quite a bit more chug, And but then they all blend together. Yeah, I just felt like it was a bit more expansive than any one word, so but having it in that post-hardcore banner does, for me, fit things a lot better, but I don't think anyone else put that much thought into the genre apart for me because I'm a bit of a sad boy, but who knows. Um, so the the song that got me into, um, the world is in your way was the song hypochondria. Um, I think it popped up in a Spotify playlist or something. And I used the worst trope or worst behavior in when listening to music. And I went into it and I was like, oh, man, I really don't want to like this. And it's a really, really bad way of listening to music. If you go into music like any sort of artist wanting to dislike it, you're not doing that music service. Like, I know I'm not going to enjoy... Well, going into it, I knew I wasn't going to enjoy Justin Bieber or Nicki Minaj or anything like that. But you go into it with an open mind and you might surprise yourself. Like, I've been listening to Selena Gomez album. I was not like expecting to like it. It actually, turned, I wasn't expecting to hate it, sorry. Um, but you are going with open mind, it's all right. It's not the best, it's not the worst. But, you know, going into an album, uh, the reason why I wanted to dislike it was because it very much reminded me of Lifelines by I Prevail. Um, not sonically, the two songs are very, very different, they don't sound anything like each other, but... With Lifelines, it is an edgy, post-hardcore song with a big pop chorus... And to me, I really like that song. And to me, I felt like when I listened to a little bit more of the album that was part of, which the name of which completely eluded me, it felt like that this was the big creative song, the really, really catchy one. And then the rest of the album was a bit boring. And I don't know if it's because Lifelines was used for like a wrestling pay-per-view is what swung me a little bit more. But I was expecting that sort, same sort of thing again. Hypochondria was going to be the really big creative song that um, was the main... Can you like drive by or what? Hypochondria was going to be the big uh, creative song that was going to get people from all like fields of music fans to get in and like, Oh, hey, this appeals to me because of this part. This appeals to me because of this part. And then when you get to the album it's going to be a case of very boring very bland post hardcore stuff and then inevitably a ballad and it was all going to be a bit toilet thankfully none of that happened because for every bit of like catchiness and just genuinely being infectious that was hypochondria the rest of the album followed suit um they described themselves on spotify as bridging the gap between mosh pits and big radio sing-alongs. And it's absolutely on the dumb fucking point. They are bringing like a very pop sensibility with a very punk post-hardcore aggression. And they fuse those things together so fucking well. Um, the song Chelsea, song I absolutely fucking adore. Um, big skater punk kind of song. With, like, the biggest four year strong chorus I've heard probably since four years strong. Not the new album that cuts cheating, but you know. Um, It's even got, like, complete with woes. It's got woes. And you. Summertime, that's gonna be slamming. Riot has the same, like, has Tony Capace. Really hope I pronounced your last name right. Um, has the same, like, gravelly, half-singing, half-spoken-word sort of thing as Keith Buckley from Every Time I Die. Roots brings in, like, a big middle bouncer rhythm, which, again, Tony Capacci answers to superbly. He is a fucking brilliant vocalist on this. Um, again, I really hope I'm pronouncing his last name right, but... With, particularly in this, like, this kind of music, it's, like, post-hardcore world. Um... When you've got a single vocalist that does both the harsh vocals and the clean vocals you tend to find that you've got the vocalist being really good at one side and then a bit subpart the other and um, whether it's not like the, the high well, like the clean notes are very very they can't really hit the notes they want to or the screams sound more painful than brutal tony gets both those halves of vocals absolutely spot on. Um, the the cleans aren't like whiny or like really tween or anything like that. They are very strong in their execution. The harsh vocals, you can hear what he says, as well as it being just like a very in-your-face kind of shout. He's a very, very versatile kind of vocalist, and I think. I was genuinely blown away by how much I enjoyed this album. It is it is a really easy album. It's a sort of album that I'll pin um pin with um From Death to Destiny by Asking Alexandria. Again, they sound nothing alike. Asking Alexandria is way more metalcore than this will um this will ever be. But the case of if you want an album which is full of like really big crunchy riffs. And then a huge sing-along kind of chorus. This is purpose-built for that kind of world. Really easy listening that you can have on in the background, and just like bop to. Or if you put it on with Maze. you could easily get super into it. I really, really enjoyed this way more than I was expecting it to. Um, I do hope that they can keep that, um, keep the sort of like. Mentality going of like blending these two worlds together because they... ...again, on the Spotify, they got the mantra They want to bridge mosh pits and big radio sing-alongs. If they keep doing it, A, I think they'll be massive. If this came out when Warped Tour was struggling... ...they could have like kept Warped Tour going for another four years... ...just on the back of this album. That's the kind of world that it could appeal to... ...and could like draw mass numbers from. Um, yeah, I thought it was fucking fantastic... Um, really, really enjoyed it. It's called The World's In Your Way. It's by Drag It Under. It's obviously out now because I don't get uh, pre-listening or anything like that. But no, lots and lots of fun. Again, super poppy, but not to a point where it like um, disassociates um, rock or metal fans. It's just a lot of real fun. Do check it out. It's fantastic. Um, moving on then to just the other end of being really, really good. But just really really daft at the same time it is the technically the debut ep from the hell the watford based kind of secret supergroup thing which i get into um, it's called douche that's it um yeah based in watford they started off as a big almost beat down hardcore sort of band with like little bits of groove and like a bounce to it and slowly incorporating more and more like hip-hop and grime sort of influences in the sound to now. I think they are still a hardcore act, but to me, it sits further in the realm of a bit more of like a a, a rap core sort of collegiate. Again, no one really gives a shit about genres, but here we are. Um, Yeah, like I said, they're a secret supergroup. They're a secret... They're a secret... Because you know how like Ghost for the longest time had like the cloaks and the masks and all that bollocks. Um, so no one knew who they were. Same with Sleep Token, it's just like a bunch of dudes and gals in um the big cloaks and the masks as well. So the identities are hidden. The hull is a bit more a bit more low key, they wear balaclavas and big sunglasses and wear the same jackets that E seventeen wore back in like what was it, two 1999, 2000, um, the reason why it's a super group is because of names that have been rumored to be part of the band. You've got your core, six members, but there's so many different people, um, what's the word I'm looking for, collaborating and offering ideas and just working with the band. Um so yeah, you've got your primary six, I think, perform. When the debut, it's motherfucking hell, and the sophomore uh, Groove Hammer came out. There was like a lot of um, places were reporting. There's like up to 13 people collaborating on the um, release at any one time. A recent interview I saw said that the numbers gone up to like into 30. So there's so many people um, really collaborating with or like coming together for this project. But you've got rumours of sixth. You've got gallows. You've got um, lower than Atlantis. Cry for silence. Spy catcher. Nervous. Pretty much any rock or metal band or punk band that's ever come out of Watford have probably worked with or worked as part of the hell. Um, in like a lineup pitch they've got on Facebook, I can recognise M Foster. Um, what song is it? I can just jump the fuck up. There's like a, um a bridge which is all um, clean vocals. And damn it all, if it doesn't sound like Steve Sears from uh, Gold Key, Spycatcher, technically Graffa Sons as well. Sounds a fucking spit of him. I'm angry that I've never noticed it before. And if it does sound be like Steve Sears, I'd be angry if I've never noticed it before, but That's not the point. That's that's more of a me thing than anything else. Um, So yeah. A weird, weird group. But one that's absolutely fucking brilliant. Um, I initially thought they were going to get written off. After that debut album, or mini album, whatever you want to call it. Though It's a motherfucking hell. I thought listening to it, it was going to be like a lol kind of album. Um, Big, bombastic, hardcore. Really in your face, really, really daft, um, and I thought, yeah, it's going to be in out 50 minutes of fame sort of deal, and we'd all move on. And then in a few years' time, think, remember when we had that band? Nope. Um, but when Groove Hammer came out, they explored, it. they like expanded it a little bit more. I must admit, I wasn't the biggest fan of Groove Hammer. When Brutopia came out, oh my god, I love that album. And like I was saying before. It incorporated a lot more hip-hop, a lot more grime in there, and yeah, it just, it was a lot more than just your bog-standard hardcore band, or hardcore album, and the, the mythos that the band was growing in the social media, the lyrics they were using, it's a very, very British sense of humour that the hell put out. I don't think you're going gonna to get them in America, it's not a... Like, um, headline show in America because the terminology, the colloquialism, blah, 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 the, that word, you know what I'm trying to say, It it's very, very British. I don't think it will translate well outside of our Fair Isles. It's very God Save the Queen. And I think because of that, that's why it resonates so much because it is just daft almost. It feels like they're not taking themselves very seriously which is weird because when you think about that, you, to me, if you're describing a band as not taking stuff seriously, there's a, a very good chance that they might slip up on quality here or there because oh, what's the point in doing that or oh, what's the point in doing this? The fact that they have explored music outside, hardcore, um, trying to blend things together and see what works or what doesn't work. It's such a high quality of a release and of a band Um, Like I said, Brutopia is like the peak so far, Douche is just like, as a whole, there's so much going on, it's done so very fucking well, um, whilst still remaining completely daft. Like they did a bass playthrough video for the title track and it's just, what's the bass it's called? I think it's like Silent Man or Quiet Man, something like that. I think it's Quiet Man. And it's just him with a cat and some fairy lights and a two-string bass. And I think on the part of the lineup, they have a two-string bassist along with their standard bassist and they have a two-string guitarist along with their normal guitarist. Because why the fuck not? Um, Musically, again, like you've got... The actual song, Douche, is just... Fucking incredible. Oh my god. It got released on YouTube first. And I think for like two weeks it was solely on YouTube. It wasn't any streaming service. So I'd get home from work and just load up YouTube, because I didn't want to use up all my day, I didn't have any. And blast through that. And then I would listen to like three or four times and then carry on doing what I was doing. And it's pretty much been like it's a constant repeat sort of song on my phone and on Spotify now that it's finally on there. It's a brilliant song. The rest of the EP doesn't quite match up to the lead song. Doesn't mean it's not fucking incredible. It's a great EP. It's so much fun. Again, it's very, very British. Um, wordings for things and confrontational whilst knowing that they're not a serious sort of thing. It's really hard to describe the sense of humor that's in Douche. Um, it's a weird sentence to say out loud. Um, in I'm just trying to think what song it was now. In taste of flavor and best the fact all, the last three out um, last three songs all three um, best around jump the fuck up and taste of flavor. You've got excerpts of um, clean vocals that like really add to the mix. Well, it breaks up the songs without taking away the energy. If that makes sense. Um, like the the um the chorus on best around with the first time I start thinking like, is this fucking Steve? It is a clean vocal, but it is still like um powerful, you still got similar to what the Pressure Crack scene was doing, this like the beats match up with the vocalist to create a much more purposeful execution of the lyric. Uh taste the flavour just goes all the way down while still being very, very good. Um, the slide into the breakdown on taste of flavour is fucking insane. Um, apparently, I'm a sucker for slide breakdowns, but yeah. It is ridiculous. There's no other words to describe the hell um, other than being very, very good. I'm hoping this is like the sampler before the album. It's been when did. Cup not Groovehammer, um Brutopia. I think Brutopia was 15? Fucking hell, it's been five years. God fucking damn it, lads. I think it's 15. Either 15 or 17. I think it's 15. So, a, an amount of years later, I'd very much appreciate a new The Hell album. Brutopia, I shouldn't know it was Brutopia. It wasn't my album's in a decade. That's on me, that one. Um, but yeah another fantastic release again I can't understand I would love to know if it is just me reading it like this but I don't know how well it'll translate to an international audience for the for the Brits I don't know why I struggle with that for the Brits I reckon it is huge fun a lot of decent humour without being stale like you look I've looking at I've always wondered if you can consider the hell as a comedy act because some of the lyrics that they do they've got a song called like bangers and mosh um they've got songs that just talk about what was the song from Brutopia um oh you got lots of money which is just having all about having lots of money shite club is all about being denied entry in a nightclub and then when it turns out nightclubs are all really really shit every time i hear that song i always think of home in lincoln um the fever fucking, that song's great but dumb songs like that i don't know and like that that is the vibe of the hell they sing about very very inane things um they boost themselves up a lot and I think the song on Groove Hamlet talked about how great they are as well and I don't know, the way they word it and the way they talk about it, very British wording, I don't know how well it would translate it outside of the UK so if anyone outside the UK does listen to the douche and then listens to me talk about douche, please let me know what you think. I'd be very intrigued, um, but that's douche, that's douche by the hell. Of course I don't know why I always wanna say it out now. Of course it's fucking out now. But give it a go, see what you think. It's um I keep I know I called it rapcore. It's not spit and bars sort of thing, although let me just jump the fuck up where it does actually sound like he's rapping, but it is as much hip hop, as much grime, as much rap influences are in there, this is still un unreputably a hardcore record, so it's a lot of fun. It's fucking fantastic. Moving on to the other end of the spectrum completely. We're going to go all doom and long notes. And... Erg. Um, it, the band's called Gargantua. They're from Leicester. This is their third album. And it's called Toward the Sun. And personally, I think it's a bit of a discourtesy. Just labelling them a doom band. To me there is a lot more going on. There is a bigger wall of sound in the execution. They experiment with pacing a lot more. You know, you've got blast beats on Maya and there's a couple of songs actually where things do speed up quite considerably. And there, is, there are more ethereal, like post-rocky sort of parts to their music. And as I was listening to, ugh, I'll try again, as I was listening to Andra, um I felt like, you know how when Condra released Meyer a couple of years ago, you had almost like two sides to him. You had the very punky, sludge metal, death metal mix, which is like very fast paced, very blast beaty sort of stuff. And then on the other side of it, you had the big riff, excuse me, sludge uh, metal, post metal sort of thing. And then you could go on further again to um, Percy's Metal Hands project with Pine. To me, Toward the Sun sits on that side. Very epic sounding doom metal with a big crunch and like huge, huge riffs. And, you know, I don't don't recall anyone labelling Conjurer a doom metal band. It was always inspired and always had like a lot of um, post-metal. Post-metal was like used to describe Conjurer a lot, but not never Doom. To me, Gargandrua, or at least on this uh, um, record, because i listened a little bit through the other two albums and there's a lot more of a Stoner vibe to it. There's very much more of a Doomy record, in my opinion. This sits further towards like a Doom, maybe like a post-metal sort of Doom, if that makes sense, if you can like split them apart. And um, there are some hella chunky riffs in here. You've got Halfway Through the Sun, uh, the New Sun, excuse me. Um, it's a fucking beaut of a riff. Uh, that's a fucking Terminator thing song. It's really, really good. Just take my word for it. Um, the opening riffs are controlling wires as well. Halfway through Light Bear, it all gets very Mastodon-y. It's a difficult one for me because I'm not averse with Doom. To me, Doom sits on two sides of things. You've got, like, the stonery sort of thing with a brief set about a minute ago. So, think, um, Down and, is it Wizard Mammoth, Bastard, whatever that whatever that band's called. And then you've got, which I think, where I feel um sits more, was like, more epic, um... Almost like the power metal version of like that, it's, it's always very well produced, there's, never, there's very rarely any fuzz, it's very crisp, sort of doom metal where, like the reason why, I think the biggest reason why I gave this a go, because I'm, I'm I don't know if I said it a minute ago, I'm not a doom kind of guy at all, I think I started this point by saying I'm not a doom guy, I forget a lot of things. Um, the funeral fuck album i listened to last year which was um i got interested by the lyrics and then they had a very um how could you describe his vocals the vocalist just basically has a very bombastic very powerful kind of clean vocal and gargandra have that as well they have like a very intense um death metal growl when the clean vocals come in, and it almost, like, for Funeral Fuck, because of, like, the theme and, like, the mood of their album, it felt kind of like a sermon. The, I don't want to say operatic, but, like, the big, like, vocalising of notes to really, like, draw out um, sections of the music, gargandra do that really, really well. Um, it's not... Towards the Sun, it's not going to be the album that's going to sway me to the Doom side of things as like a constant I don't think, um, I reckon the people who are definitely into the Doomy stuff and very much into the post-metal stuff will give this a go and I think they will really really enjoy this um, and yeah like I said just going through it, with this kind of Doom where you've got like the stoner side of things I always feel like the stoner side of Doom is very much the sort of thing you have on in the background when you are potting plants, as it were. Whereas this, when you sit down and you listen to the riff work, and again, the fucking guitar working, this is excellent. In your mind, you can kind of see, the first of all, you can hear the chord progress, but you can see fingers moving to like develop riffs in your head, especially at like the low-end stuff. Like The high-end stuff, you bit like a blurred at least to me it is because I'm not most musically adept but like the low end stuff where it is it forms the rhythm section whilst like creating the character of the song. In my head I can sort of see like the fingers moving from one fret to another to create the sound and that might just be like a really stupid hipster statement to say but I'm standing by it. Doomheads gives us a go. Um, If you like your big, long, drawn out sort of stuff. Towards the Sun can't go much further than that. Um, in comparison, this is kind of like their Grindcore album because it is seven um, songs across 48 minutes. Um, I th- initially thought this was their debut because I quickly went through the band count and the other two albums um, were four tracks long. I thought, oh, they must be EPs. Looked a little bit closer and they. I'm in the 40. 40- 45 to 55 minute bracket across four songs You got, they've got like 12 minute 17 minute songs so those if you want to go really into like the doom spectrum obviously give them a go as well but toward the sun for a high-end production sound it's on polyroll which of course it's going to be high-end production um for more high-end production more epic sounding doom side of things i suppose like the stony sort of stuff Toward the sun, in my opinion, a lot better way to go. It's by Gagandre, they're from Leicester, beautiful British. Um, and yeah, very, very top star. Again, probably not going to sway me to doom entirely. Um, but, you know, I didn't hate it. I didn't walk away saying that was a waste of my 48 minutes and 40 seconds. And yeah, I thought I'd try to make a, a riff sound like the Terminator, so the reason why I don't play music. We'll go on to the last album of the week then. Mm, kind of mild con- um, controversy around it because metal heads like things being metal. It is the third album by Poppy. It's called I Disagree. She was like a Boston-born musician. I think everyone knows the story of Poppy and I Disagree by now. If somehow you have switched off for the last two years, allow me to give a bit of a brief rundown poppy was a youtube personality she started off doing um like personal vlogs which eventually turned into like a bit more surrealist character vlog that turned into like it explored like musical stuff as well that eventually turned into a musical career of very like artsy avant-garde bubblegum pop slowly over the past couple of years she started introducing a bit more rock and new metal stuff to it and now we are here at I Disagree which is meant to be the amalgam of all that pop stuff and then all the metal stuff she wants to pursue in the future which all comes together again because it's on Sumerian a label well known for being a bit crunchy so yeah that is Poppy in the briefest of nutshells the Biggest question I've seen so far is how legit it is. Cause is it just Um your average pop star coming in and just here's my here's my music I did before have some guitars essentially and I don't think that's sh- I don't think that's correct. I think this is a lot has a lot more material Blub. I think this has a lot more legitimacy than uh, people are giving credit for. If you look at the previous two albums, um, the first album, Poppy Dot Computer, yeah, yeah Poppy Dot Computer, that is a very much a very surreal, again, very avant-garde pop kind of album. Um, I think it's still. I don't know what happened to my voice then. It still features characters from her YouTubing stuff. Like, I. The only song from that I really listened to was. I googled this in a minute for this exact reason. Fuck. Uh, my style! I don't know why I forgot that. So yeah, I listened to the song My Style and I thought it was, quite a, it was quite a catchy song. It was all right, but in it, it had this like quite robotic sounding voice that split between Poppy is an object and Poppy will break your neck and looking into it, that is a character from a YouTube series, I believe called Charlotte the computer, who was just like a background figure who she'd talk to pretty much every week. This is a weird, weird realm of YouTube we're going into now. And then the follow-up, which was, am I a girl? Start exploring a bit more like the new metal sort of stuff. And that's when new um, metal fans start turning around and saying, how fucking dare you? Because we're elitists as fuck. And now that we're at this point with I disagree, it's not... If it was just... From Poppy Dot Computer to I Disagree, I would be a, a very, very cynical about this. I had a bit of cynicism to start with, and then I started looking into it more, and it's like, actually, it's a bit more built on. Because it wasn't like a one-to-two sort of thing. You had that middle part of, I, am I a girl? I feel like there is a bit more legitimacy somewhere. I don't know if it's going to be from Poppy. I don't know if it's going to be from, what was the name of this? Titanic Sinclair, um, whom she's not working with anymore, the whole thing with Titanic Sinclair is a very messy, very, very disgusting sort of world that I don't want to look into that too much. Just know, people are bad. So, somewhere, this feels a lot more legitimate because it has been a gradual sort of thing. Um, in terms of the music, it is very... The easiest place to compare it to is Baby Mel, I think that's why I like this album so much because I fucking adore Baby Mel. It's just it was a guilty pleasure. Now it's just a full on, out and out proud pleasure, which sounds weird. Um, Baby Mel, I think, do it better because where they combine like J-pop and bubblegum pop with heavy metal and melodeth they did it in such a way where you don't have like one part of one and one part of the other, it's just like all like synced together as like one whole. That's how they formed this new genre of j-metal or kawaii metal or whatever you want to call it. And I disagree, there are some songs which has done that very very well. Um, songs like Concrete, Bite Your Teeth and Blood Money. Blood Money's a great song. Um, it is very much a case if you've got metal with a electro pop undertone, or if you've got electro pop with a metal undertone. Um, so it, it, that's where I think a lot of the uh, baby metal comparisons can go because they do blend us, sorry, she does blend those two ends of the spectrum very well together. It's when you get to songs like Anything Like Me, Feel the Crown, and Don't Go Outside, where it's very much a case of this is the electric part, this is the rock part, this is the more electric part. And that's your rock finale. It's very, very stop-start. And there are some times where she does this and it works super, super well. Um, you got the song, I Disagree. And like the stop-start nature of that, I feel works. I can't put my finger on what it is, but I just feel like it works a lot better than all the songs I said a minute ago. And... Yeah, I think that's why... People are again a little bit trepidation about this because it does feel very <laughs> clunky at times. But the times where it is mixed together, it's the exact same um, writing process, or it feels like it is that Big metal does. And like to add to the legitimacy as well, you've got "Fill the Crown," which has a huge Marilyn Manson vibe coming off of it. Um, "Sit Stay." i always uh, keep feeling it's got like a bit of a nine inch Nails sort of vibe to it and bite your teeth has got this like huge high energy like mathy sort of feel to it as well and if they were going to be really really snide and cynical and just draw influences from like modern very obvious things i'm not sure marilyn manson and nine inch nails would be the first artists that they would try to rip off. I always feel like those sort of, like Nine Inch and Marilyn Manson were always musicians that people are aware of, but don't necessarily copy. I might be completely wrong and, you know, throw some um, bands at me that say this, because I know when Motionless and White came out for the first time, a lot of people were saying that like, oh, I Marilyn Manson, but metalcore. And then you listen to it, it's like I get the whole industrial thing, but musically, I don't hear it visually, I completely get it. but you know what I mean? I just don't feel like the math side of the thing, yes, maybe because with the rise and decline and like middling nature of um gent and there seems to be like a big swathe of like more mathy core bands now i think with the peak of or like the introduction of ArcTanGent getting a lot more notoriety a lot more math bands are coming out now so maybe like the ultra cynical side of me is thinking there's a part that's having like a very corporate cynicism for bite uh, a song like bite your teeth where it's very very mathy but i feel like because there is a lot of a bit more left of field influences going into some of songwriting to me that's what makes it a little bit more coherent a little bit more legit That is, is a project that she wants to or is this is like a world that she wants to persevere in as opposed to just come in get some you know um get some notoriety and fuck off again it's on Sumerian as well which again aren't really known for being Excuse me, lighthearted darlings. Some of the lyrics are genuinely frightening because, in char- when she's in this character, even like in interviews, like she's done a lot of stuff with wrestling, that's why I'm a little bit more familiar, familiar with her. She says anything, she's got a very sickly, sweet kind of voice. She has anything with a very sly smile, it's a very deadpan execution of saying anything. And so, to hear her speak, is unsettling enough, and then I want to get up the lyrics to Concrete because every time I listen to, come on. Also, I've really I've got a, I don't know if I said this before, but I've got a new keyboard and it's super clacky clack, so I can't secretly um, Google things anymore. Um, so yeah, in terms of like the whole again going back to the baby metal comparison, it's it is very silly at times it's very like docile kind of lyrics but every now and again it interjects with this really off-cut quite horrific little lyric so in concrete you've got the whole like bury me six feet deep covering in concrete turning me into a street that's kind of weird enough and then you get to like the really uber pop part with like the big double kick ba- um, drums in the background which again really really works well you got Chewy, chewy, yummy, yummy, yummy Sharp and pointy, yummy, yummy, yummy Break me off a piece of that tasty treat, sugar my teeth Demons in my dream, watch me while I sleep For eternity That part, that's the part where I'm like oh, I'm, I'm oh. And it's like some people like candy, some people like coffee But these lifeless flavours don't satisfy me I try to eat ice cream, I try to drink tea But I need that taste of young blood In my teeth Ooh uh, and she has a history with this, like I so said, for the, um, just that one song, which, again, I've fucking forgotten. My Style. There we go. On My Style. It's, wasn't it? I'm sorry. Poppy's an object. Poppy's a what? Oh, God. Like If you just type in My Style into Google... Just the, like, the colour palette is so different if you put in Poppy, I disagree. Uh, well, fuck it. Uh, Poppy is an object. Poppy is your best friend. Poppy will break your neck. Poppy will be your pet. Poppy is an object. Poppy will re- Yeah, just repeats a bit. Poppy is an object. Poppy is your best friend. Poppy will break your neck. I like, that's my style. Basel, Star Cult, and so dope. You know, it, she's got a history of just being... On the surface, Uber pop. But when you just listen her listen to her talk for like more than five minutes, you the, and you get the undertones and like read between the lines. She is a frightening entity and it is quite heavy metal in that regard. The way she can bring up like really subtly interject is like quite I don't want to say demonics as it's uh, to what I just read, but that's the only word I can think of, but they're quite sinister lyrics every now and again personally i think there is a lot more too poppy than a lot of metal critiques are giving a credit for and Fox if album number four comes out and it is going back to like the very um outrageous pop stuff then yeah i, I, I got done in i got got i got worked into a shoe brother um, but if the next album comes out to be another pop metal sort of thing, I genuinely believe that it's going to stick that way, And especially if she sounds Sumerian. I don't know the, the details of the contract, I don't know if it's public knowledge or not, but it doesn't strike me as sort of thing that's like a one and done deal. I feel like there might be like more than one album in there, and if it's, even if it is a pop record, for Sumerian I feel like it's going to be more, a darker pop sort of thing, so... Who knows? I really enjoyed this. It's not a perfect album. The middle is... The middle misses the mark a lot. Um, a lot of the songs where I said mixed badly with like, it's the pop part, it's a rock part, it's a metal part, it's very stop-start. A lot of that happens in the middle. The book ends, so concrete, I disagree, Blood Money. It's a really good um, three-band sort of song. Uh, start, sorry. Um, and then the end of it, "Don't Go Outside" isn't great, but bite your teeth and "Sick of the Sun" is a very, very like eclectic ballad. Which, if we finish on "Sick of the Sun," I think would have been like a perfect ender. "Don't Go Outside" because it's a second ballady sort of thing that goes that suddenly turns into a rock thing at the end. That kind of like takes a bit of momentum out of it, but I really enjoyed it. It's there's a lot more. In this album then on the surface. Um, the last thing I will make a point of. And it's got nothing to do with the music. It's to do with the fucking album art. So. On the f- first looking at it. And I only really. I've been lo- listening to this album for a few weeks now. I only really noticed it last week. Looking at the album to start with. It's a cool album artwork in my opinion. You've got Poppy's face. You've got. The black. The black somewhere between corpse paint and like the japanese paintbrush art style thing and it looks really cool looks really goth looks really metal looks really good it's when you start looking to it you just look at it something isn't right and you keep staring at it, you keep staring at it, you keep staring at it, and then you realize the fucking crop job around poppy's head and in between her hair the I feel really bad saying this, but the graphic artist, Jesse Daxler, it almost looks like he had like a pile of Poppy's face and he was constantly going over doing this like art, um, paintbrush thing and every time we would get the wrong strokes, like, no, it's not good enough, no, it's not good enough, no, it's good enough, no, 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 no. Finally got what we got here and it's like the perfect rendition of, like, again, that, um, Mixed between like Japanese art style and corporate paint, and he's like, "Yes, it's fine already. I can go home and sleep. When's the deadline? Twenty minutes. Fuck! I haven't taken it out of the background yet." And it's quickly gone around with the lasso tool. And if you look at it, I can't fucking small version. If you look at it, it is so very much like. Why don't you just take the picture with a green background and crop it out? Or even better, why don't you just take the picture on a black background? Like, you look at the bits in between the hair. And how... Like, uncrisp it is, for lack of a better word. How blocky all the cuts are going around, like, the top of her head. And it just doesn't... If they had, like, the, the corpse paint part of it, in that little jaggy sort of way... It would make more sense because it's sort of like a more comic book sort of cutout, or like you know the old ransom note sort of thing that TVs just make me think happen all the time. That sort of thing. It would make it look. It would all be in keeping with one thing that we find but because you've got like, this paint brush effect with this like really shitty cutout built on the sides, It just every time I look at it now, it just infuriates me. It's very unsettling having Poppy. I'm just gonna click off that because Poppy's eyes scare me. But the like blocky cuts around the head oh it's just so bad it shouldn't annoy me so much but it fucking does it's oh, it's not good it's again nothing to do with music and I don't like it's one thing to say like oh you the music of the band made was shit because I don't know It feels different when you're just attacking a singular person um and especially when I know a lot of people who are graphic artists and illustrators and I know I've Fucking difficult that line of work is um, on par with the music industry, if not maybe more difficult. Um, that's an argument for another day. But my god, man, if you ever get to like, if Poppy ever really releases this, keep the paint stroke effect because I actually think that's really, really fucking good. I, that distracted me for so long as well. But mate, just, just clean up the edges, smooth out, it's a great tool, just, i know. I just, hmm, yeah, I was going to say I feel bad for telling an illustrator how to illustrate, or graphic arts how to graphic art, but I've been telling panels to do for over a year now, so what the fuck do I know, I just stand here, sit here in my room, talking to myself for an hour a week, sometimes, but that'll do it for this week, graphic artists be damned, Um Next week, I'm hoping to get an episode next week, but I've just looked at my rotor and I've just worked eight days. Today's my only day off. And now I'm about to do five days in a row, which leads up to Tuesday. So Wednesday's going to be my day off. So I've got Wednesday to maybe write up on my notes, record then or record on Thursday. Because last time I recorded one late at night, I got a um, noise complaint from my landlord because I was recording at like 2 a.m. So... It's 4 o'clock in the afternoon now. If they call me out now, I'm going to shit on them. Um, but hopefully, I'll get something out for you next week. I. probably a close to a Thursday, but I'll keep you posted. For someone who's trying to grow their social media presence, I'm actually really, really shit with social media as it turns out. If you'd like to follow me on all my shit social media, I am at DesolationPod at pretty much anywhere you want to go. Um, Come chat to me. Let me know what you think about all the music I review, or oh, if there's something that I'm that I'm missing. It's all it's all a good fun, yo. Yeah. Or if you're a graphic artist, tell me I'm a dickhead. I get that a lot more often than you think. Uh, next week, if there is an episode or whenever it happens, at some point, it's going to be the good, the bad, and the ugly. What the fuck is happening in Lincoln? the like second or third sermon to go by. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, big energetic. Uh, punk rock featuring the new vocalist of Covell Attack, um, yeah it's this, the band he came from. I don't know if he's still part of the band, we'll find out. Um, Dealey Plaza, which is a beat down hardcore band. Champ, their EP, it's um, indie rock emo. Defiled, not the good one that I really like, uh, the potentially good one. Uh, a up really bad there lads, I'm really sorry. Uh, Defiled, they are a death metal band, I believe from Japan. And then the piece de resistance, the album I've been looking forward to a lot. And the album that everyone's spaffing a load over is Spanish Love Songs. That's all to come by next week-ish, maybe. And I've run out of things to say, so I guess bye.